and welcome into another episode of Turn the Corner, a Detroit Tigers podcast. I'm Karen Steckley. With me, your favorite beat writer for the Athletic Detroit, a guy who Walt Whitman once described as, quote, too wordy. He is Cody Stavenhagen. How you doing? I don't know what that means. I'm pretty sure I was not alive at the same time as <laughs> Walt Whitman, but um, okay, I guess I'm doing all right. <laughs> For the record, I don't think you're too wordy. I just thought it was a little funny. That's well, all. Look, I just thought it was a little funny. It's been a week fun. full of a lot of personal slights, okay? The first week of spring training is great. <laughs> Baseball, it's so much fun. Great Things are great around Tigers land. There have been a lot of personal slights. There are a lot of people I'm pretty mad at. My goal was to not vent about these people in the podcast. We've made it about 30 seconds in, and here we are. All right, no more. No more. No, no. no, no, no. First of all, you, can, no. you can't defame Walt Whitman. He is dead, as you said. So if you want to vent on him, you can, but we can we can get straight to the point. I, I, I do have a very important question for you, Cody. What do we got? Probably the most important question going on Ooh. in baseball right now. Okay. What do you think of the trucker style hats for spring training? Oh, they're, what, they're, what is that? They're, they're, they're bad. They're bad. You know what? Add that to the <laughs> list of things that have just pissed me off this week because they are so like, why are, why are we wearing trucker hats? Number one, I feel like they would probably get itchy and they just don't look good. And, uh, I, I applaud Tiger's new first base coach, Jerry, uh, Gary Jones. I wish I could describe it. You have to see it. He has like broken in his trucker hats where it looks like an actual trucker hat. Like it's kind of flat on the top. Uh, he's really clearly put some work into that and it looks even more ridiculous than the normal hats. I don't think I've ever seen that style fitted is why. Yeah, I... that, that uh, <laughs> a couple of people have brought that up. I didn't know fitted trucker hats were even a thing. <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose. You can't literally pick those things up at a trucker stop because the whole point of any sort of trucker stop is that it's like universal things. That everyone... Okay, we, we, we don't have to go too far into that. I'm not trying to bring negative vibes, but I'm just saying it was an interesting choice all by right, Major League right. Baseball. We, are, we are off to a terrible start on this podcast. Baseball season is back. We have baseball to talk about. Let's 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 try to do that. Yes, we can. And, and, and all that stuff prior, tongue-in-cheek. But for real, though... For real, for real, though, the Tigers have taken the field, Cody. You've been, you are, you have been in Lakeland. You are they in Lakeland. They took the field. Are they going to give it back? Come on. You took AP style so. with Ray Murray. You know, you know they, <laughs> people don't take the field. They have occupied the field for a certain amount of time in which we've seen some new look Tigers and we've seen some guys making some making some new moves, I should say, in order to uh, cement their roster status. Before we kind of get into some specifics, this is a condensed spring training. You've been on record, a lot of people have been on record as saying, generally speaking, spring training is too long. So now we're experiencing a condensed version of spring training. What is that like? Is there a heightened sense of of uh, urgency going around Lakeland and Tigertown right now. It's kind of a weird adapting to this condensed schedule. Just everything's happening at a quicker pace. It's kind of disorienting because you you're, you get used to the normal rhythm of spring training. Even from the standpoint of a writer, I'm kind of thinking, all right, I got a week to 
kind of get acclimated, report some bigger stories, can kind of take my time, you know, write them one at a time. No, that's not how it works. We're like three weeks away from opening day. Like the first week was uh, free agency and spring training and winter meetings combined and was kind of chaotic. And now it's like, oh, uh, got to get cranking. It's the same exact way for players on the field. But AJ Hinch said a lot of things that made me chuckle this week. One of them, I think he was talking about, I remember if it was Eduardo Rodriguez or Casey Mize, someone, one of these pitchers that's already pretty clearly like all the way built up. And he's like, yeah, it really makes you question how we've been doing things in the past. <laughs> and it's like, yes, like, like spring training was too long. This shortened spring training, everyone appears to be in great shape because it's 2022 and these are professional athletes and they weren't just like, uh, drinking beer. I mean, they're they're probably drinking beer all off season. But they're like working out too, you know. They and like playing baseball. They weren't like Ty Cobb who would go hunting in weighted shoes because that was the only way he could like stay in shape in the off season. <laughs> um, you know, I think it, someone else mentioned like you know you want to always when your outfielders like throwing too much at the beginning of spring training. And it's like like what? Like also your outfielders like I'm pretty sure they've been playing catch long tossing all off season again it's not it's not like they just didn't pick up a baseball um so it's going okay now i am a little wary will there be more injuries down the line that's that's fair but it's all going all right everyone looks up to speed um hitters you know probably still need to face some some more live pitching but pitchers for sure look i mean they just look ready to go it's funny you say that because the usual narrative would be that, you know, you don't talk about building up hitters, right? You talk about building up pitchers. So uh, we just kind of go into it. One of the news items this week was Eduardo Rodriguez will be the quote-unquote opening day starter. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a nice notch on your belt. Uh, to have to be the quote-unquote opening day starter. Obviously, it's not everything. When when that announcement came out, I was like, should I be? Su- am I surprised? Should I be surprised? You know, because obviously Casey Mize is a guy that you would think would be in sort of that conversation. Um, but we can put that to bed so we can talk about it right now. Eduardo, the one of the prized free agent signings, is going to be the first guy to take the bump. For the Detroit Tigers, he, he's taking it. Is he going to? He's going to share the bump for about three hours and twenty minutes <laughs> uh, on opening day. Let's hope no longer than that. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. What was your reaction to that pronouncement and the notion of Eduardo getting that getting that notch? I, no, I wasn't surprised. I don't think he cut a guy some fat checks if he's not going to be your opening day starter. Like, I think it was a little bit of a conversation. Oh, could it be Casey Mize? Um, I think I would have had Eduardo as the favorite. I was surprised AJ Hinch announced it so soon. Generally, a lot of managers aren't going to announce it until that pitcher completes their final spring training outing because what if he gets hurt next week? Oh, actually, we're going to have a different opening day starter now. Uh, but maybe it was a statement um, for Eduardo, like, hey, we gave you this contract. We want you to be our guy. I think Eduardo, he's made kind of an interesting impression his first week here. Definitely kind of keeps to himself a little bit. Um, we talked last week. I feel like Casey Mize is kind of the emotional leader of the pitching staff. 
but Eduardo and now Michael Pineda, these guys are going to be your veterans. Maybe this announcement, this knowledge. AJ actually said he told Eduardo before the lockout even ended that he needed to be ready to pitch opening day. So he's known for a while, but maybe it's public. Like Maybe that helps him kind of acclimate to this role of like, okay, I'm going to be the dude. Well, you know, I guess in for the sake of symmetry, he was the first person to pitch for the Detroit Tigers in spring training this year on the spring training opener. Um, I was listening to the radio broadcast, and Dan Dickerson, shout out Dan, always a goat, always a legend. He was kind of speculating with Jim Price. So, all right, yeah, that, that'll probably be the last we see of Eduardo today. And that was after the second inning. Then he comes out for the third, and I don't, I don't remember what the specific pitch count was. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if it necessarily matters. But the point being is, you know, one of the things that we open this podcast with: heightened urgency, spring training, all that stuff. First spring training outing, Eduardo goes an inning more than what I would say might be typical for a first outing in spring training. And Dan and Jim were speculating on it. But just generally speaking, that's the first time you've seen him live. And as a member of the Detroit Tigers, you know, what did you kind of think? Okay, well, you did not see Eduardo's first bullpen session. I did not. the longest bullpen in the history of (laughs) bullpens. He came out there, he started throwing. I think Matt Manning was throwing next to him. Matt Manning finishes, probably goes like 30, 35 pitches. I think Tyler Alexander comes out there, throws his pin, finishes. Eduardo's just still throwing. He had to have thrown upward of 60 pitches. I would almost guess he threw like 80 pitches. And I was like, is this, I guess this means he's really built up, or does this mean like he still has to get built up? I was like, it was crazy. I was like, why is this guy still throwing? Like, is this this okay? Like, is this a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) So far, so good. And what really stands out to me about watching Eduardo Rodriguez is just an easy, smooth delivery. Looks very effortless. Uh, we, we were uh, kind of poking fun at Jim Price for saying, you know, his 94 is a real 94. And I don't know, I haven't stood in against him in the box. Watching him throw, it almost doesn't look 94. It's like, because it's just so, his delivery delivery is so smooth, so easy. The ball comes out of his hand with just no effort. Um, so so that's impressive to watch. You know, I think we know about his arsenal. I think he throws a pretty good little slider. Uh, but, yeah, I think that can give you some confidence. Seems like he works at a pretty good pace. These are the, the early things that stand out to me about Edward. Well, that's all good to know. And as much as exciting as it was to, um, to see him out there, Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess you could say, the the show was kind of stolen from him with back to back jacks from Akil Badu and Riley Green. Uh, I was actually on. So, just a little personal thing for me. I was actually on my lunch break listening to the radio broadcast, and I had a, a pair of headphones on listening to Dan Dickerson. And when Akil Badu hit that ball, I literally had to take my headphones off my ears <laughs> because he was so excited and so like enthusiastic at just the fashion of which that home run was hit. 
um, that it was it literally ringing my ears, and I loved it. It, it was great. And so I'm, I'm going on Twitter, and I'm seeing what you tweet out, and then I'm waiting for, like, the, you know, the, uh, the video to eventually get, you know, pushed out there. And then, in a way, sort of the opposite reaction for the Riley Green home run, which, uh, which was opposite field, and Dan, obviously a seasoned baseball broadcaster, He's like, and there's a pop fly to left field. It's uh, it's it's carrying. It, it, it's carrying. Is it? It's gone. It's gone. You know, <laughs> like he he admitted afterward he was shocked because you know obviously you know it's not like a major league stadium in terms of like you know how they got y'all set up press box and all that stuff. He said he couldn't see the ball. It went so high, uh, from from their vantage point in the radio booth, and he was. He was just shocked that the left fielder, the center fielder, just kind of kept drifting back and then eventually, you know, went over the wall. So two different types of home runs. Like you couldn't have more different home runs. A pole, oppo, no doubter, and how did that ball get over the fence? Uh, but excitement nonetheless. I think that was that that will be a highlight that's probably hard to top for the Tigers uh, going forward until the season actually starts. Super true, and Akil Badu's bat drop was was pretty badass. He pimped it a little oh, bit. Yeah. I asked Akil, like, do you, do you plan that? Do you practice it? He's like, no, nah, it just came natural. So shout out Akil. Uh, the, the Riley ball, I thought it was going to be – I could tell it was carrying. I could tell it had some weird just sail to it, but I probably thought it was going to be, like, caught at the wall, and it just kept, it just kept on going. Uh, but at the end of the day, Akil Badu and Riley Green start off your spring with back-to-back homers. I almost wish they would have saved that for opening day because it was, it was really cool. It was exciting. Are you – now, I'm saying this about the principle, not necessarily like projection in, 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 in terms of Riley Green's like readiness. But I really like – He's ready. He ready. Okay, okay, okay. But, I, but what, what I'm saying is I really do like the idea of – Riley Green in the two hole. We've talked about how we, you know, we like uh, we like having a more complete hitter in the two hole than I guess you would say is kind of typical of lineup construction. But I, I like the idea just generally of what his potential would be two hole Riley Green. I think that's awesome. I think long term on this team, he's probably a two hole hitter. I would be hesitant. I meant to bring this up. My co-worker at The Athletic, Red Wings beat writer, my dog sitter Max Boltman, tweeted Shout out Max. not that long ago that he would buy everyone a shot of Pappy Van Winkle if A.J. Hinch used the roster construction that uh, Craig Monroe tweeted out or put on, put on TV, what, a week or so ago. Um, I'm scrolling through my phone right now trying to find well, it. I, it's probably been lost. I'm pretty sure I sent it to this you. Up? Can we get our producer on it? Yeah, yeah that's what I was Get J-Mag on that. I, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you, and I remember thinking, it's not the wildest idea. I don't know. If, like It was one of those like lineups that I thought, you know, I don't know if I would guarantee I'd buy a lot of people something if this lineup came about that that was that was like my initial reaction i was like it's not the lineup i would construct but is, i could certainly see an argument for okay it. number one listener aj hinch we know we know you're gonna hear this aj just once just so we can all get a shot <laughs> including you 
you need to do this lineup. I'll, I'll send it to you or whatever. It includes, I think, Torkelson 7th yeah. and Riley ninth. That was the main thing. I talked to Max about this in person, that he was like, there's no way he would hit them at the bottom. I'm like, <laughs> by the you know, these guys, in theory, you want to be two of your best hitters, but look at the way he protected Akil at the start of the year last year. Like, I could see him games. starting him off, <laughs> Riley hitting ninth, Spencer... Like, are we really going to bat him clean up day one? If not, like, I don't know. I don't think it's completely inconceivable. I think he more, he also had like Jamer and Miguel flipped and I don't remember who he had leading up. There was a, it was a very odd lineup that Simo put out there, but I think AJ needs to do it just once. Max um, has told me that he will tweet out like a picture of a shot that he just writes Pappy on like <laughs> on a post-it note. And that if anyone approaches him at a bar, he will buy them a shot of Crown. So, we'll settle for Crown. We need to make this happen. It's baseball season. AJ Hinch suggestion box. Go find Simo's lineup. Make it happen just once this year. It's 162 games, man. We're talking about two rookies. Like, there's a lot of variance that could happen. I'm just saying it's there are a lot more inconceivable things that have gone on <laughs> and in this sport, in this world, <laughs> than that lineup. Uh, but, you know, like, like I said, I, I would love to see Riley at the two. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Torkelson. I think my favorite tweet of yours was when uh, when he got his first hit and <laughs> matched his hit total from Major League Camp last year. <laughs> he did. It's just a fact. No, it's all. He was cool about it after the game. He said, "He said, got it out of the way. I'm not waiting this year." He was, he was joking about it. What was it like? What was, what was he? What did he start out last year? It was row. Oh, twenty-seven. He was one for twenty. One for twenty-seven. One for twenty-seven. So, and that, but not a troll for your tweet. I thought it was a great tweet, honestly. Um, But he seems more comfortable, and I guess one of the things I'm curious about is green torque. We, specul- we, we we could only speculate about this prior, but it did we have any evidence that kind of being in minicamp for about a month kind of gave him a little... I'm not going to say an edge. Edge is too strong. But, you know, giving them a little bit of a form to, yeah, to perform. Yeah, they're all, they're all the way up to speed. They've been seeing live arms. They are a week or two ahead of other guys naturally just... You know, we talk about guys showing up to spring in shape, but another narrative every year is like, oh, pitchers are ahead of, of hitters at the start of every season. Um, I feel like that tends to be real because hitting is the hardest thing to do in sports. It does just take a while to get your timing down. Some of these hitters have been taking live ABs um, at facilities where they work out or on sand lots with other pro players, whatever. But, yeah, I, I, I think that probably is factoring in with Riley and Spencer a little bit. That doesn't mean their performance isn't legit. Like, in, uh, like I think it enhances their their chances of making the big league roster because, in theory, maybe that one for 27 Torque had last year, you know, maybe he's already kind of passed that adjustment period and it got to be against minor league arms who maybe weren't as seasoned. Um, a nice little ramp up now to go face some big league arms. Yeah, you know, repetition is the key to success, and baseball, you know, maybe that's the sport that that expression applies most heavily. 
Um, and if, if, if you guys hear Merle whining, it's because there was just an ambulance that went by and, uh, fire trucks and ambulances make him anxious. So if, if, if you, uh, it's okay, it's okay, Merle. So if you, if you hear that, that is, that is why, um, another thing that happened this week was you got to hear from Alavila twice. Which uh, is kind of funny. I don't know. Anytime Al, you know, goes out there, I uh, I chuckle a little bit because uh, I just think, you know, he's probably gonna have a nice gin and tonic after this. Well deserved, you know, getting grilled by you media folk. Uh, but I actually kind of liked his statements uh, this this go around. One in particular, the last one. That, that he gave, talking about how... And we'll get to the off-season additions here in a second. But he was talking about how, you know, we made the additions we thought were necessary. But if we're going to be good, still got to have some young guys to step up. And I thought, uh, yeah, like that's something that gets lost in... I would say when, when fans are focusing on additions, they sort of lose, lose track of like, well, you, you you got this guy here and you don't want to take anything away from him by signing a, you know, for a random example, a corner outfielder, a first baseman, uh, <laughs> because you want to give this guy ample opportunity to, to prove his worth. And, and, and that's true. And I kind of, I kind of jotted down like, like, the checklist for the Tigers this offseason. So you need a shortstop. You need a catcher. You needed a starting pitcher or two. You need a bullpen arm. An outfield bat and a first baseman. If I'm missing something, please correct me. But in theory, all those needs are filled either via free agency or the expected call up slash roster breaking of Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. I'm not saying these are the greatest signings. That's always going to be the debate, but we're needs not filled, I guess is what I would say. Well, I got to start off by sharing probably my, my two favorite Al anecdotes of the week. Number one, um, can confirm Al and Jim Leland will be sharing uh, some form of drinks uh, Sunday night. And I was like, you want to sit outside and smoke? I heard him tell that to Jim Leland. We know Jim will be smoking. I actually think he's adopted a vape type thing. And uh, I would imagine Al will probably be rolling with like the cigar, the Cuban cigar. Speaking of Al on St. Patrick's Day, when he talked to the media, he was wearing not only a green hat, but a green Tigers polo. Sort of resembled a leprechaun. And he was walking by and he told someone, have you ever seen a Cuban Irish? And I was like, what is that? What is that even? A little icebreaker. Was, a little icebreaker. Yeah, but it was just like typical Al, like just awkward and like kind of funny, but also like, what? Like what? <laughs> but overall, disarming. overall, What's the response to that? look at yeah. this, write it down, remember it. Al Avila, pretty good job this offseason. You get Javi Baez, Tucker Barnhart, what a trade. Um, I, last week I was like, are they really not going to make more upgrades? Andrew Chafin is, I think, exactly what the bullpen needed, exactly who I thought the Tigers should sign. 
and then you get your fifth starter in Pineda, yeah, I think you check all your needs. I think you check all your boxes. Now, there's all this optimism of the spring, you know, and having already been around this team for a few days, I've kind of found myself thinking a couple of times, like, so is is this team actually good? And it's just a hard question to answer because so many young guys, so much is on the backs of Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Tarek Skubal, Kiel Badu. You need all those guys to take steps to be key members of your team. That's asking a lot. At the same time, um, yeah, you didn't want to block any of those guys. You need those guys to play. You need those guys to develop so that in 2024, 25, they're not young, experienced guys anymore. They are the dudes. Um, you know, I guess they're always going to be be the people like, oh, well, should they have still signed Correa or should they add Trevor Story? And it's like, I mean, I guess that'd be nice in a perfect world, but um, if that's what, like, if that's really what we're going to fault them for, which is just lavish spending, um, I don't know that that's quite the route to go. Also, you just gave Jonathan Scope a contract extension. So what happens to him if you would have signed one of these other big names? I think if there's anything, I wish, I think like a Frankie Montas over a, a Michael Pineda would have been a, a difference maker. Montas is a really good pitcher. Sounds like the A's wanted just a little too much in return prospect-wise. Tigers did have these conversations. I don't know. I'd be very curious if we'll ever find out maybe what the A's wanted and, and who it was the Tigers weren't willing to give up. Um, I don't think the Tigers should trade, you know, premium young talent, but uh, I'm curious because I think that could have been a pretty big upgrade. But otherwise, I, look, Al's right. Pretty productive. The best offseason the Tigers have, have had in a long time. You fill all your needs. Things are continuing to look up for this franchise, and, and Al and AJ and all those guys deserve uh, deserve their credit for that. Yeah, we should spend a just a couple minutes on on the on the Correa deal. Uh, three years, if I if I'm reading correctly, hundred and five point three million. Uh, I believe opt outs after years one and two. Correct. So we're basically we're looking at a one year contract, right? That that's that's basically what that is. There's uh, barring a severe injury, and even then, maybe not, mm-hmm. but. Like it, it, it seems unlikely that he's going to be a member of the Minnesota Twins for more than one season. You know, I, I think we just need to put that out there because we've been on record as saying we don't want to sign anyone to uh, a ten-year contract right. just on principle. Um, I'm not sure for this team specifically. I know opt-outs were a part of other deals, but I don't know if I'd really want to sign. Correa to what essentially will amount to a one-year contract if things go if things go well he's opting out like there's yeah no ifs ands or buts about that and the only reason that he stays is if things go terribly for reasons that we don't want to wish on another person you know so that's kind of my first gist I, I I didn't there were some people not a lot but there were some people on Twitter that were kind of going, it's like, well, you know, this is an example of them being cheap. They wouldn't even sign, like, Correa for this contract. And I was like, I just don't know if that's really the best team building for this specific offer. Plus, you got to keep in mind, negotiations are different. 
now as opposed to pre-lockout. So right. that that's like, my that's, gist on the Correa thing. Look, in some perfect world, it'd be great if the Tigers could have Correa and Baez. At the end of the day, that that's not realistic, and you're um, kind of a lazy argument. Like if if you're gonna pick your spots to complain about the Tigers not spending, this isn't really one because. No one in the world thought Correa was going to sign for three years pre-lockout, pre-the Tigers signing Baez. It wasn't a conversation. There's always going to be this hypothetical argument, well, what if the Tigers had waited to sign a shortstop rather than going ahead and allocating those resources to Baez? Maybe that's a fair argument, but it's not like it's not like that three-year – that surprised everyone in baseball – and again, I think the opt-outs are there because Carlos probably hopes he can go cash in again big time next year when things across the landscape of the game are hopefully a little bit more normal. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's that's really how I feel about that. It was interesting to see Miguel Cabrera learn of the news uh, Saturday morning. Uh, someone went and told him, and Miguel was like, what? <laughs> I went to sleep at 7 p.m. last night. And he looks up, and he's kind of he's kind of looking at the ceiling. And you can tell he's just like confused. He's like the twins. He's in our division now, you know. And he was like, he was just surprised, as as everyone in baseball was surprised. The twins like came out of nowhere. Very strange, strange deal. In some ways, kudos to the twins, as Alavila would say, kudos to the twins for some creative team building, moving Donaldson, signing Correa. Very aggressive, very creative. I know those are the moves that the Avila front office is not really known for. At the same time, I, I, I don't necessarily think that was the thing that was going to make sense for the construction of this year's Tigers roster. Well, also, you know, kudos to Correa for getting, you know, the highest average salary. And then yeah, also giving yourself an out to, to go, you know, because as we talked at nauseum, you know, he's on the younger side. And you know, still have the ability to get one of those big you know who time had contracts. had an opt out that cashed in. Friend of the podcast, Nick Castellanos, five yes. years, a hundred million, with the Phillies. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, another friend of the podcast, Dave Dombrowski, uh, mm-hmm. go, uh, you know, making that happen. So, uh, opt outs are uh, are kings in baseball right now. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of love it. I, I think I think back to Rob Manfred being like, you know, one of the things that we complain, you know, hear complaints about is when people leave in free agency. It's like, yeah, how do you, how about compounding that with opt outs being like yeah. such a heavy, <laughs> such a prevalent thing uh, in baseball free agency? So the the hoopla of the new franchise just you know subsides with 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 the opt out. But but yeah, I mean. I was just thinking, I was like, God, could you imagine, like, the anxiety of, of the Tigers fan, the anxiety of, like, A.J. Hinch and, and Al and, and Chris, like, with, with not having a shortstop, waiting post-lockout, and then having to break camp with, you know, not really knowing what's going to deal. It, there's many pieces to this puzzle. I believe I said this at the time. I don't think... Javi Baez should be looked at as a consolation prize. Um, I think he's better than that. And their commitment was definitely better than that. It's not like they were, all right, well, is not going to come here. So, you know, fingers crossed. Hope Ryan Kreidler can uh, 
Yeah, for ready. a while I was like, oh, are they, are they really going to end up with, like, Angleton <laughs> Simmons, you know? It, this was not worst-case scenario. It could have been worse. Yeah, so um, we, we've after a one-game absence, we actually did get a question about this on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, obviously, it was much to do about nothing, but after a one-game absence, we did see Javi Baez partaking in a game, spring training, with the Tigers. You've been around the team all week. The flair, the uh, the style, the hype. What's your read on Mr. Javier Baez? The Baez energy is real. He's fitting in really well so far. Uh, I think he brings a spark to the whole room on the field and in the clubhouse. Kind of what you would expect. I knew Javi was um, kind of a quiet guy, but he seems like he's really excited to be here. And he's been pretty friendly um in the clubhouse with teammates uh, even with reporters i don't think he's ever going to be like a long-winded dude but he's been super pleasant to be around um actually more pleasant than mr eduardo rodriguez so far and on the field like i already saw Baez make an awesome you know play during pop-up priority drills just going way down the third baseline and snagging this ball and almost running into the fence and i was like oh George Lombard was the one who was he, he was in control of the machine that was uh, sending out the balls. I was like, easy there, George. You want to be sending your uh, your $140 million man into the fence right now? But awesome play. Tigers fans. Okay, also, if you haven't, now that Amir Garrett is back in the central, uh, with the he's with the Twins, right? Amir Garrett, you got to watch the Baez-Amir Garrett video from last year where Baez is doing the sweeping motion with the bat. I remember seeing it at the time, but I watched the video back this week and didn't realize how epic the whole thing was. It will make you love Javi Baez. Like, it is it is just a great video. Tigers fans are going to fall in love with this guy in, in no time. You, you might just forget all about Mr. Correa. Until should, Correa should. homers against the Tigers, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have an update this week, at least I don't think. You can correct me if oh, I'm yeah. wrong here, about, about like... Uh, Jackson Job in and out of the top 100 for Keith oh, Law. That's gonna be that's gonna be a running thing. That's he, not my point. Here is the beauty of the Tigers having a good major league team. Jackson Job's name has not been mentioned all week. <laughs> like he's just in the past, it was always we focus on the top prospect for as long as possible, the young guy, the new draftee. This year, it's like, oh, he's like 19. Like we'll, we'll check back on him in a couple years. Like it's about the big league team. Not that these guys are here. It's refreshing. That is refreshing, but that's not going to stop us from giving uh, live updates on, you know, in and out of the top oh, 100. Well, last uh, time we checked, he was out of the top 100, so I haven't seen anything to put him back in. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I think, I think similarly, another little gag of the podcast is we're going to have to have a, uh, a swag leader between, I, I think the, the two horses are Akil Badu and Javi Baez. So we're a week in the spring training. Number one on the swag leaderboard, here's a prospect who has not been forgotten about, Christian Santana. In addition to his Oklahoma State shoes, Mr. Santana was seen wearing a backpack that said, See Santana, the boss. (laughs) My God, I love this guy. (laughs) This guy is amazing. (laughs) The boss. So Christian Santana will forever be number one. Akil and Baez, those are two swaggy dudes right there. Um, overall, man, I, I 
give Elmago a slight edge over Akil just because he's the more established player. He's an all-star. He's got the big contract. But I guess overall, Akil in the spring training power rankings has the bat drop. Like, he's number one on the Major League roster. I wouldn't be shocked if Javi does something to take that over uh, very soon. I will say this about Badu. I, I got a – well, we have a friend. uh name is Stetson who's a big Dodgers fan. And I, I sent him – well, he had said something about how the Dodgers were, like, the most fun team in baseball, which, you know. One of the I'm best gonna, lineups, like, maybe gonna, ever. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not, not disputing that. But I was like, all right, you might have the uh, most fun team, but – this dude right here is in the running for most fun dude, and I sent him the you know the Badu home run and, and and all that stuff, and he was like, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> he said, I can't wait in 2027 to offer him four years and you know whatever how many hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> uh, to come to the Dodgers, and I was like. Damn. I had no rebuttal to that. <laughs> Just in general, <laughs> given the history of the Dodgers, oh, I have, I I have he, no re- Look, Tigers fans should be happy if he becomes the type of player to warrant that sort of payday, you know. And good for Akil hey, if that happens. No doubt. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of things would be going right there. Um, I, I did want to ask you this. Uh, because... People who read your work, and, and one of the things that we like to do here is peel back the curtain just a little bit just to kind of give an idea of you know what kind of goes into the work that you produce because i would like to think that if people are listening to this podcast they also like your written work uh congratulations you you have clubhouse access now that's awesome real talk that's awesome first time in a couple of years i mean uh a, a good a good reason to kind of say that things are close to normal, back to normal, whatever phrase you want to use. Uh, being back in the clubhouse, man, what's that like? It's really, it's it's good. It's uh, the first day I was in there, it was really overwhelming. It was like, oh, yeah, this is what it's like to be in the clubhouse. There's all these dudes. I can talk to any of them. Like, this is, and then I was like, I was just overwhelmed. And I was like, who should I even interview? And I feel like it almost it almost paralyzed me. Overall, it's been really good just to be around, just the little things you witnessed, the small talk with, uh, with Miguel, who's been in like a crazy, friendly, chatty mood, uh, and Miguel can always be a little moody, but I think he's like, he's been sustaining a good mood, like since last season. It's been cool to just, I've had more small talk with Miguel in the last four days than I had in my, you know, my other time on the beat combined. And you can see how Javi's acclimating to the clubhouse. Akil's a great clubhouse presence. Michael Fulmer. You know, Ryan Kreiler and Derek Hill are fun guys. It's cool to just have a better sense for how these guys actually interact with each other. Also, you get reintroduced to the awkwardness of standing around. Probably the worst part of being a baseball reporter. (laughs) A lot of standing, watching other men change their clothes while you, like, you know, say I want to talk to um, Casey Mize. And but Casey Mize might not be as locker. He could be in the shower. He could be eating. He could be uh, he could be lifting. He could be in the training room. So you stand there and you wait very awkwardly until Mr. Mize appears, and then you have to be like, "Hey, Casey, do you have a second? And luckily, the Tigers, pretty much everyone is cool and is going to be like, "Yeah." Or if they say no, they'll be like, "No," but like in a second, I will. Um, but there's a lot of awkwardness that also comes with being in back in the clubhouse. 
compounded by the fact the dumbest rule in the history of rules is that reporters must wear masks in the clubhouse. Despite, you must show proof of being both vaccinated and boosted in order to acquire clubhouse access. Masks are pretty much gone from the day-to-day -day routine of baseball and in a lot of parts of our society, and I'm uh, certainly not anti-mask, but it's just kind of silly, especially when you're the only people in the room wearing masks. It's kind of like another way to like uh, mock the reporters and their masks and then you go up to some dude mm -hmm. and you're like muffled you know and it's like this is just this is just silly and we've already had to submit like proof of vaccination so um but overall super glad clubhouse access is back because i wasn't sure it was ever going to come back and i can already tell you it's just so much better like i feel i have a lot more little notes and nuggets and know some of the guys better it really is better for the coverage of the sport and that's really why I brought it up, because if if you just kind of said it to someone who maybe didn't realize the gravity of what that means, they'd probably be like, well, yeah, what does it matter if you're in there? But there's a lot of nuance to reporting um, that goes into that. And it's not just baseball. It's it's all the sports that, you know, it, it's how you build rapport. It's how you build relationships. Uh, it's how you show... I mean, at bare minimum, your presence there every day, like, like the because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use an example. Jackie McMullen, you know, wrote the book for Magic and Bird, and the reason why she wrote that book is Larry Bird was like, "Well, you were there every day of my career, so I, I know you, I respect you, I trust you, and you know that kind of thing. That that's how these things are formed, not just by attending a game and being on Twitter. So that that that's that's why I bring that up." Uh, and I don't want to go into a COVID tangent, but just like an example of how this stuff is not all the way done is we saw with the Yankees this year, uh, Aaron Judge had a weird answer to whether he's vaccinated or not. And, and, you know, like just the reality of the situation, I'm not trying to have a COVID discussion, but the reality of the situation is in certain places um, that still sure. could be a factor vaccination um for players whether they can play or not and all that stuff so uh just kind of keep that in mind everybody you know because you know depending on where you are that could be a thing that so that's really all i had to say about that um uh, you mentioned andrew shafton and we can't not ask you because i read your story and if you haven't read Cody's story. You should be an athletic subscriber. If you're not, believe there's still a deal. Don't quote me on that. I believe there's still a deal going on. It's a great six deal. Months, $1 little... month your first six months. I mean, that's way cheaper than basically anything you're going to buy that would last you six months. Everything you would buy that would last you six months. Um, but this guy appeared to be the embodiment of Kenny Powers is is what i kind of gathered from twitter and reading your story uh you're a fan of characters obviously <laughs> what was it like kind of sitting down with this guy and, and just kind of watching him i don't want to steal like your you know your lead or whatever but coming in with camo crocs and and a mug root beer can like what was that like i mean that that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> talk man I knew Chafin was a character, you know, I'd seen the mustache and the, the failed starter shirts, and 
I just figured he was another, like, sort of eccentric bullpen guy. A lot of these relief pitchers are. But a couple minutes into the interview, I'm just like, is this is this real life? You know, because it's like, <laughs> oh, what do you like about the Tigers? Well, I, I don't really know. I haven't been here long enough yet to answer that question. <laughs> How'd you end up signing with the Tigers? I just, I just told my agent to handle it. <laughs> you know, oh, what do you think about the young prospects on this team? Oh, I don't, I mean, I don't really follow baseball, you know. <laughs> and so I, I, I get there and I ask, you know, it's, oh, what did you do? You know, are you like build up to throw? It's like, no, I haven't thrown any live BPs. I figure I normally just throw one inning, so I'm not worried about it. And it's answer after answer. And I'm like, this is, is this a, like, is this, is this Will Ferrell under here? Like, is this a prank being played? <laughs> Except it was real life. This is who Andrew Chafin is. And eventually I go, so what did you do this off season? <laughs> and he goes, worked on my farm. <laughs> and that's all he said. <laughs> it was one of the stranger interviews I had ever done. I felt like I needed a drink walking out of there, just not in a bad way because it was great. It was an awesome interview, but it was just uh, like disorienting. It was like, number one, we had waited in this lobby forever. Weren't sure what was going on. We're trying to see if there's some other move coming down. We talked to Al Avila in his his, um, leprechaun attire. And then we, you know, this dude, like a mug, like who drinks mug root beer? No offense if any of you guys like mug root beer, but that's just a random... In a can. Drink in a can to be showing up with, you know. <laughs> um, so I, I'm excited for more of Andrew Chafin. He eventually at the end, toward the ends, was like, yeah, the less we talk about baseball, the better. So I don't know. I hope to talk to the guy more, but I'm probably not going to talk to him about baseball very much. I guess I need to learn more about uh, farming if I'm going to have conversations with Mr. Chafin. But Twitter seemed to love him, and uh, I think it's another, you know, some of these guys are so afraid of how they're going to look, how they're going to be perceived. They don't want their answer to make it seem like they don't care. Well, Andrew Chafin quite blatantly said, I don't care, I don't follow baseball, and he was so authentic that the people (laughs) loved him deeply. Uh, So this guy is another dude who's going to be a crowd favorite. Maybe maybe he's got some good barbecue... uh tips and anecdotes i that i bet he does and I bet he does i think my favorite was the analytics answer or is like <laughs> like like what was it like do you believe in analytics or you know it was probably i'm sure it was questioned a lot better than that but that was essentially what the question was based on the answer it was like do you believe no no, the question based on his pre here here it is the question based on his previous answers. Someone you know by this point it's just a, a gag, and someone's like, I don't even want to ask what you think about analytics, <laughs> or if if you value analytics. And and this was hard to convey in print, so I didn't even put the first part of it. But he's like, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. You know, it goes on to talk about he doesn't care about analytics. Someone's like, so what's your meeting with Chris Fetter going to be like? Oh, won't be much to talk about. Up and in, down and away, mixing a breaking ball. <laughs> call it a day. What he says, he either did good or you did bad or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> either did good or you did bad. It's a simple game. 
you know, I, I respect that. I, I, I respect, uh, I respect that mindset. I, I did think it was funny. Also, the, the Alan Trammell anecdote. It's like, oh, you know, what is this? See, Alan oh, Trammell amazing. here because he had, you know, spent time in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization to begin his career. It's like, oh yeah, I didn't even know he was here. <laughs> like that, this guy was like, he came across as like literally fresh off the plane. Like, as if he had come from a foreign country <laughs> and just had no knowledge of any... Yeah, I don't think he had had, like, internet or cable, you know, all off-season. Yeah, I wonder if he's a Yellowstone, Yellowstone fan or uh, 1883, or he's, he, that might be the only thing he watches. I, he would probably really like those shows, but I, yeah, I don't know if he has cable. <laughs> hey, I, as I said before, I respect anyone that's going to zag uh when everyone else is zigging um and uh, to kind of tie a bow bow on this uh late friday night the tigers uh reports came out that the tigers had agreed the turns with michael Panetta, and uh that's a wow i didn't realize how tall he is trying to get his age 33 years old six six seven 33 years old obviously had a lot of uh had a lot of innings under his belt. Played played for the Yankees is probably what he's most known for. Um, there's your fifth starter. Uh, not right away, as people have probably read with some visa issues, but a guy that's, you know, been through the rigors of the major leagues and is well-respected. One-year contract. I ain't mad at it. I mean, we were talking, all the Twitter activity leading up to it was basically like, all right, it's like him and, you know, like two or three others plus like A's trade options. Like the the well was getting pretty shallow, uh, you know, here recently. And, you know, they got a guy that has 62 wins in his career and the less than four ERA. I'm trying to be your fifth starter. Not a lot of commitment. It's hard for me to say it's a bad move. So, what'd you make of that move? Well, I I got to say it. um, Sources, I I got a dog to feed, man. Y'all, I can't be getting beat like I was this week. Like, I... Giving me stuff is too late. Like, like help a brother out, you know? Help a brother out. Like, what happened? Um, Also, Pineda... So the Baez signing was one at first. I was like, I mean, yeah. And then the more, like, I've just come around to it. The Pineda, eventually I was like, oh, this is their guy. They should get Pineda. And then I really started looking at it. And it's like, oh, his average velo was 90. He ranks horrible in average exit velocity against and hard hit percentage. And he doesn't strike guys out. And eh, it's good you have some experience, but he's not getting any younger. Um, he does have a three nine eight career ERA. He's a great strike thrower, one of the I think top like five strike throwers in in the league. Um, so that's good. I think the Tigers needed the depth. We kind of talked about that last week. They needed the depth. I almost wonder if like is Tyler Alexander better than this dude? Is Willie Peralta actually going to be better than this dude? Um, I, I'm kind of curious to see how the rest of the year shakes out. It's good the Tigers got this piece at the end of the day, though, because they were one injury away from being like, who in the world is going to fill this rotation spot? So they had to go get somebody. Again, it's 
Would have been cool if it was like Frankie Montas. Um, but Pineda fills your role. He's going to be your fifth starter. Definitely worst dudes to have. He's reliable. He throws strikes. You're right. Career sub four ERA. So if we're going to take the Andrew Chafin mentality, you know, sub four take ERA, it. like it. <laughs> guy does good more often than not. So we'll, th- we'll take him. <laughs> yeah. And um, as we discussed last week, the art of getting the fifth starter, quote unquote, fifth starter, just because obviously a lot of the stuff is fluid. Uh, gives you bullpen flexibility, so in a way, they got two bullpen additions this year with with with, with the signing. So, yeah. um, we'll 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 see how it shakes out. Um, I guess a little bit of delay. Like I said, there's some some visa issues about when he can start and all that stuff. Uh, he's not the only one, obviously, but um, but yeah, I mean, I was overall, I came I came away kind of happy with that deal. Um, we can we can end on a couple things, Cody. We can end on a Lakeland Chronicle that you've teased to me that I have not heard. So you so you're gonna have to take the floor here in a second, and then um, I want to say before we get too far in that I want to thank everybody who gave a five star review, submitted for uh, yeah. for uh, consideration for our little giveaway. Uh, I want to get this out there. Uh, it might be a second. It's not going to be instantaneous. Um, gonna, I'm getting married this week, so I <laughs> and a honeymoon. So give me a second. It'll probably be into the season, but we we will not, and uh, we will not forget about you. And we very much appreciate y'all that did that. Um, I purposely did not tease it on Twitter because I wanted people to listen and then do it. Um, so y'all that did, uh, very much appreciate your efforts there. And then. Uh, since it is my wedding week, I will end this podcast with uh, a little little anecdote about how me and my future wife ended up getting together. So, But first, Lakeland Chronicles, Mr. Staven Hagen, go. Uh, first of all, another extra thing i got to tackle on. Shout out Katie Thornton, who is Derek Hill's mother. Came up and yes. said hi to me today in Bradenton. Loyal reader, reader and listener. Shout out, Katie. Much appreciated. Shout out, Derek Hill. Shout it's out a Derek, Derek Hill friendly <laughs> podcast for sure. Uh, anyway, we, we're never going to run out of College Chronicles. There's so many, but we might have to start mixing in just some stories from other times in our lives. I got to share this story with the world. Lakeland, St. Paddy's Day. I go out to an Irish bar. And I'm with uh, I'm with Evan Petzl, the Free Press, and you know night's kind of winding down. We're about to walk out. I see a guy, probably college age guy. So I think it counts as College Chronicles. It was like something that I would have encountered in college when just weird stuff was constantly <laughs> happening. He is holding a cantaloupe, and I'm kind of like, that guy has a cantaloupe, sir. <laughs> why do you have a cantaloupe? And he he's like. Well, I was walking down the road, and this guy in a truck stopped and was like, do you want a cantaloupe? And I was like, sure. And so I just have this cantaloupe. And I was like, what? And you carried it, and you brought it to the bar with you? And uh, so I'm like, bro, like, are you sure there's not drugs in this cantaloupe? Hey, that's really sketchy. Some guy in a truck just gave it to you? And I'm like, you might want to shake it. Like, there could be, like, cocaine in there. Like, there could be, like, weed in there, dude. Like, that's that's really sketchy. And uh, I'm kind of like, man, this might be, like, 
I, I do not uh, approve of drug use, but, you know, I was like, dude, if you're into drugs, I guess maybe you should do the drugs. Or this might just be the most value valuable cantaloupe ever. You should probably sell this. <laughs> and turns out this guy was um, a little more paranoid than I would have first gathered because he starts, like, getting a little worried, all right? He's kind of, like, shaking the thing, and he's, like, <laughs> clearly looking at his friend. His friend comes up, and his friend clearly appeared to be all about... Um, recreational drug use so he was getting a real kick out of it and the cantaloupe guy is is basically sweating by this point and he walks away (laughs) and he comes back and he's like don't worry there are no drugs in it like how do you know he's like i smashed the cantaloupe (laughs) (laughs) so this guy who got a random cantaloupe from a dude in a pickup truck who asked do you want a cantaloupe we convinced him there were drugs in his cantaloupe. He went and threw it on the ground in the alley to make sure there were not drugs in the cantaloupe. Weirdest thing I've had happen to me in a bit. And now he's no longer has a no, cantaloupe. No, he didn't even get to eat the cantaloupe. Come on. It's truly amazing. Hey, man. Do you want this cantaloupe? <laughs> Man, that makes me want to do that. Like, uh, that makes me want to buy a cantaloupe and just like go out. Do you want this I feel cantaloupe? like I would be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say no, but I think if you and I were together, we would probably say yes. <laughs> true, true. Just for the entertainment value, yeah. <laughs> and then start figuring out there's drugs. Oh man. That's literally something you can't make up. Like, saw a guy with a cantaloupe, teased him, and got him to ruin said cantaloupe. (laughs) Anyway, we will end this episode, because love is in the air. By the time you listen to our next episode, Kieran Steckley will be a married man. A married man. And so Kieran's about to share some of the story of, what, how how he met Alexis, his first date with his lovely, soon to be wife, Alexis. Yes, who um, did not make it easy on me. So, as just to kind of recap real quick, as so people have listened to the past several episodes of some College Chronicle stuff, you remember that she was the one who rejected our friend Tim, who caused him to get drunk the night of the Kansas Oklahoma State basketball game and throw up in a sink. And then also she went to the Sugar Bowl between Oklahoma State and Ole Miss and took a picture of her seats, uh, like the view from her seats, and Cody and I were on the field. So we've had sort of like, not misconnection, but like, and she was also Lego Movie Girl, like Tim had asked her out on Valentine's Day. She should have said no, because why would you go to a movie with somebody on Valentine's Day if you're not interested in them? We've been over this, but uh, so yeah, so... All these kind of little kind of connections, right? So, post-Sugar Bowl, obviously, and, like, NFL playoffs are going on. Her family is from Connecticut. Her parents went to UConn. So, she's Boston Red Sox, Bruins. Ah, she didn't really like hockey that much. But Celtics, Patriots, um, Red Sox, University of UConn, uh, basketball, because they'll say they don't really have a football team. Um so kind of keep that in mind for a little tidbit later. But that year was the year that Peyton Manning and the Broncos had beat the uh, beat the Patriots in the playoffs, and 
Um, I had, I saw her the next day because we just had me hanging out at said friend Tim's house uh, the next day, and I and, you know, she was a Patriots fan, and so I was like, God, put my charm on, you know. I was like, Hey, Alexis, you doing all right? You okay? You look beautiful. You look great. Sorry about your Patriots, you know, just kind of doing that thing. And and we had been in each other's mixed company enough that I was like, Yeah, hey, you know, I think I'm gonna ask this girl out. And so I did. And one of the things that Cody and I had talked about at that time is like, look, how do you distinguish yourself amongst all these dudes that are trying to get, you know, girlfriends, ask girls out and all that stuff. And so we had kind of gathered it's like, oh, okay, here's a way. You don't text, you don't message on, you know, whatever social media, you call. So like, I, obviously I had gotten her number previously or whatever. Um, so I called her. I said, hey, you know, my off day is Wednesday because I was working at the newspaper at the time, working nights. I was like, my off day is Wednesday. You know, I'd like to take you out. Oh, well, I have a test. She was in her first year of veterinarian school. Oh, well, I have a test uh, in a couple days. And so we're going to be, I'm going to be like studying with a group or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, and this is me trying to be flexible. It's like, you know, I really liked her. It's like, you know, well, I mean, if you want, like, we could do, like, like, like a breakfast date. Like, I'll, I'll get my butt up early. And Oh, no, I don't, I don't really think that'll work. Well, excuses, excuses. So she said she had to study on this particular Wednesday night. I think I called her on, like, a Monday. Um, so on that Wednesday night, it's my day off. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to Murphy's. So I'm out at Murphy's. Me and Tim are playing pool, having some beers, and we had probably been there about three or four hours, it was like 11 o'clock, and I was like, alright, we'll bounce here and, you know, go somewhere else, and who shows up? Alexis. Alexis shows up. And I thought, the audacity for her to say, no, she's busy studying. And she knows that this is my, this is the spot that I hang out at. Like, she knows that if I'm going to be anywhere, this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be at Murphy's. And so she walks in there. She's got her, like, group of friends. They had gone out to, like, uh, another sort of, like, uh, Wednesday night at Eskimo Joe's in Stillwater. They have, like, Wheel Wednesday where they spin the wheel every, like, 15 minutes and there's a different drink promotion. So they had gone that and then they ended up going to Murphy's, and I was like, the gall of her to come out here. So I go, all right, Tim, here's the play. You're going to go, we're, we're about to leave anyway, so you're going to go up to her, you're going to give her this big hug, you're going to say, oh, so happy to see you. You know, talk to her for like a minute. I'm going to be right on your ass. And as soon as you give her a hug, I'm going to turn and not even acknowledge that she's there. He's like, okay. So we do that. And obviously, after that, I did not, you know, text her. Or, you know, we weren't really in communication. Um, about three weeks later, I'm bored out of my mind. It's spring break at Oklahoma State, and even though I'm not in college, like, you know, the, the town is dead. I'm at a Oklahoma State softball game, just bored out of my mind. And so, like, she, I knew she was a big fan of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. I saw this, like, you know, BuzzFeed-type thing, like, 15 facts you didn't know about the Christopher Nolan 
Batman trilogy. So I was like, ah, whatever, man. So I sent her a link. I just said, hey, I thought you might find this interesting. And she reads it. She's texting me. And we, like, she's, like, engaging with me. Like, we're, like, nonstop texting, you know, all through the week and all that stuff. She was actually at her sister's bachelorette party, as it turned out, and she uh, had a few uh, had a few wines in her that might have influenced her eagerness uh, to engage in communication. And so I was like, "Wow, okay, this actually kind of appears like something." And she came back to Stillwater like the Friday before spring break was over, so like you know, obviously a couple days um, early, and she went over to hang out at Tim's house, as we often did on Sunday night. And I was like, man, I think I might ask her out. And she comes in, and, you know, we're just doing our usual kind of group hang. And uh, she brags that she has a family marinara sauce recipe. I come from, like, third generation from Italy on my mother's side. Uh, And she knew that. And so she's bragging about how she's got her own family sauce recipe. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm actually do it. So when she's going to leave, I like walk her out and, you know, ask her out. She says yes. We go out on a Wednesday because that's my day off. And uh, we go to Louie's in Stillwater. And uh, I barely ate my food because I just kind of had like diarrhea of the mouth. I was so happy. I was just sharing all these anecdotes. She's a... She, she loves Abraham Lincoln. She's fascinated by... This is so dumb, but she's... like Not this part, but what I say. Like, she's fascinated by, like, you know, reading Abraham Lincoln, like, biographies and all that stuff. And I was like, well, here's the thing. You gotta read Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. That's the dumb part. Because, <laughs> like, the, the book is actually really good. Like, it's, it's actually a really good book. I do recommend p- people read it if they're into historical fiction. Um, movie, you know, whatever. It's kind of cartoonish. But the book is really good. And so, like, I barely eat my food, and, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say this, you know, it's a little, not a little embarrassing for me. At the time, I did not have a working vehicle, so she, like, picked me up and, like, drove me to the restaurant, and I was actually working that day, as it turned out, and then dropped me back off at work, so that was, like, my dinner break, and, uh, and, you know, we shared a kiss, and, and all that stuff, and, um, uh, in classic Alexis fashion, as soon as I kissed her, she gave me, like, a friendly little, like, hit on the chest. Um, and uh, and that's when I knew I was in. And so I was on cloud nine. And one of the first things I did when I uh, went back into the office, I didn't have any more work to do. I was just kind of waiting for the paper to get done. Is I had to call my boy, Cody. And just tell him all that happened. I think we talked for, like, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, at this time I had begun my post-college journey. I was in Minneapolis interning at the Star Tribune. Or would I have been in Chicago by then? No, I was in Minneapolis. I remember where I was. I was still in Minneapolis toward the end of my time there. And yeah, Kieran just calls and, and he's just elated. Uh, <laughs> he pretty much just tells everything he just told you guys, but he's so happy. And we were at Louis and I just couldn't stop talking and and I, she got out of the car and, and like she she actually wanted to kiss me, you know. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't know. There there wasn't much to it beyond that. He was just thrilled. I I do remember him bringing up the sauce. She makes her own sauce. 
there's a few simple things to my heart, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and so one of the things as you know, avid sports fans, you obviously working in sports still. Um, you encounter it when you're, you know, how do you like con- convey that to? Well, women who aren't necessarily interested, and then also like some say they're sports fans, but like they're still not gonna want to watch as much stuff as you, you know. So the reason I brought up the Red Sox thing is she she told me who her favorite like Red Sox player was at that time, and you know, a topical fan might say like David Ortiz or you know like uh, Manny Ramirez or even you know, Jonathan Jonathan Papelbon or you know something like that. She said Jose Iglesias was her favorite player. And so uh, her birthday is at the end of April, and our first date was on March 23rd. So for her birthday, I got her a Tigers jersey shirt of Jose Iglesias. And that was my first step to get her removed from Red Sox fandom and into Detroit Tigers fandom. Um it's an ongoing process, but I will say I have made progress on that. So that's when I thought, okay, she. That's another reason I thought, oh, she's different. Like she said, Jose Iglesias yeah. was like her favorite that's player. That's a great sign. That was so. I thought that was different. I thought that was, I thought that was different. So it's kind of a college chronicle. I had been graduated by then, but she was still in college. So we'll call it a college chronicle nonetheless. <laughs> and uh, and so we'll. Uh, when this publishes, we will be about six days away from getting married. So really excited about that. Um, and and Cody will be best man at that wedding. So uh, when I say turning the corner runs deep, <laughs> I, don't say, I don't say it with loose lips. It, it really does. So uh, anything else you wanted to kind of put in there, Tigers, otherwise, Cody, before we kind of get out of here? I think that covers it. Uh, a lot of observations, a lot of hopefully some good stories coming over the next week. I think we'll be taking questions for our next episode. So if you have questions, send them on away. Yeah, so you can do that at Cody Stamenhagen on Twitter. I'm at Kieran underscore Steckley. You can also do it at Turn Corner Pod. Um, we're not going to have an expiration day. If you still want to submit a five-star review for consideration for our giveaway, we'll certainly accept considerations uh we've had some good entries so far but uh you know we'll we'll, we'll won't say no to another five-star review apple spotify very much appreciate everyone who already has done so everyone who gives us kind words on twitter and otherwise and look we're we're less than a month from opening day and i'll tell you what that's a really good feeling and really excited to have some meaningful topics uh, on this podcast to discuss and with the season going on. And who knows? Who knows what will happen? Um, But going forward, Cody's going to have amazing work. Again, don't quote me on this. Looks like there's still a promotion on The Athletic, so uh, definitely worthwhile. Six months basically takes you to, you know, you 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 might have to renew if the Tigers make a postseason run, but would you be mad about that? (laughs) Would you, would you would you be mad about that? It's a great deal, and like you said, you don't just get Cody's work, but you get the entire uh, profile of The Athletic. So hope you guys consider subscribing if you haven't already, and also subscribing to this podcast, Apple, Spotify. 
Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, everyone, who has submitted a review. Thank you for all the kind comments. So for Cody Stavenhagen, I am Kieran Steckley. Everybody have a great week.